ஹம்துல்லாஹிஃபாதுல்லாஹிஃபாதுல்லாஹிஃபாதுல்லாஹிஃபாதுல்லாஹிஃபாதுல்லாஹிஃபாதுல்லாஹிஃபாதுல்ல
labels he wears and what kind of phone he uses and what kind of mansion he'll live in and how often he'll fly around from one point of the world to the other and none of these things are his aspirations he doesn't harbor these as aspirations something happens it happens it doesn't happen it's not something that sits deep in his heart that this must happen in terms of these issues of dunya his aspiration his goal his goal is to become the friend of allah ta'ala his aspiration is to get connected to allah ta'ala his wish and desire is to become the beloved of allah ta'ala this is what a mukmin's heart is all about everything else is on the side if this has been achieved then if he got nothing else in terms of dunya what does it really matter to him he'll ask for afiyat he'll make dua for ease but he'll be more than happy with whatever he has he'll be content as long as he has this connection with allah ta'ala and if he has everything of dunya all the comforts and luxuries and anything and everything that insan normally ends up desiring in dunya people start desiring and wishing for if he has all of that but he is disconnected from his rabb so that is of no use to him the only issue is provided that there's life in the heart then all this will be of no significance to him it will mean nothing to him he will be completely in a restless state provided that there's life in the heart because if that heart is dead then a dead person no matter how much he is being injured hurt he is being ripped open that person what does he feel so the dead heart no matter how much it is now being totally torn it is being ripped it is being destroyed but if it is dead what does it feel so it doesn't realize what's going on with it so to the extent that there's life in the heart that living heart will sense the distance that has been created between it and allah taala due to whatever actions have happened and as a result of this perception of this distance because that heart now is alive and because it's alive it feels that distance it realizes it and as a result it becomes completely restless and until such time that this connection is once again connected there's no peace now what is this connection this connection is a taqwa this connection is a taqwa in these ayat allah taala addresses his servants ya ayyuhalladhina amanu taqullah and ashiqana tarjuma the translation of the lovers of allah taala this is a different translation they translate this this is not the literal translation this translation is giving the essence of it that the essence of this address ya ayyuhalladhina amanu taqullah the ushaq they translate it as o you who believe allah taala is saying o you who believe o my believing servants ittaqullah become the friends of allah taala become my friends allah taala is so to say extending his hand of friendship to his servants that become my friends now if a person gets a call from some person on some position in dunya and he says i want you to become my advisor i want you to become my friend i want you to sit in my 
gathering all the time, this will become a very big thing for us. Ya Allah Ta'ala, the creator of the heavens and the earth, our Rabb, our sustainer, our nourisher, Allah Ta'ala is saying, Ittaqullah, become my friends. And this explanation of this, and this tarjuma and this, this translation in the essence of it, is directly from the eyes of the Quran Sharif itself. Where Allah Ta'ala says, In awliya'uhu illa al-muttaqoon. The friends of Allah Ta'ala are only the muttaqeen. Allah Ta'ala says, the friends of Allah Ta'ala are only the muttaqeen. Allah Ta'ala doesn't say anywhere in the Quran Sharif, the friends of Allah Ta'ala are the musallun, those who perform salah. Allah Ta'ala doesn't say that the friends of Allah Ta'ala are those who fast often. Neither does Allah Ta'ala say that his friends are those who give a lot of charity. The reality is that a person who is truly the friend of Allah Ta'ala, how will he ever become Allah Ta'ala's friend without salah? How will it ever be possible to become Allah Ta'ala's friend without fasting? Or to become Allah Ta'ala's friend without spending in the path of Allah Ta'ala? These things go without saying. It's impossible that he will reach any level of friendship with Allah Ta'ala without salah being in his life, without fasting, hajj, zakat, these goes without saying. But sometimes a person falls into a deception. He falls into a deception where, mashallah, with the tawfiq of Allah Ta'ala, alhamdulillah, he has these external amal in his life. But despite these external amal, taqwa is still missing. And because these external amal are there, a person falls into a deception that I'm very good, I'm fine, everything is okay. But taqwa is missing. And taqwa is not external, taqwa is inside the heart. On Hadith Sharif, Rasulullah addressed the Sahaba Ikram and said to them, Al-Muslimu akhul Muslim. A Muslim is a brother of his fellow Muslim. Innam al-Mu'minuna ikhwa. All are one brotherhood. Doesn't make any difference of who the person is, from where he is, what is his background, which nationality he is, what is his financial position, what is his color, what is his language. None of these things make any difference. The person has Iman, Then, is anybody better than the other? Yes, there are some who are better than the other. Who are better than the other? Who will be better than the other in the court of Allah Ta'ala? Then, inna akramakum atqakum. Again, the same taqwa. That person will be better and more honorable in the court of Allah Ta'ala who has more taqwa. Because if he has more taqwa, he is a greater friend of Allah Ta'ala. So now sometimes these external amal which are absolutely essential, person can't get anywhere without salah being in place, without zakat and fast, zakat and fasting happening in according to how it's supposed to be done, without the person having performed his hajj if it's farz, without him fulfilling all the various requirements of deen, he cannot get anywhere close to Allah Ta'ala without that. But it's possible that he's doing all these things externally. But the taqwa is still missing. So Nabi Islam said, Al-Muslim wa muslim La yakhziluhu wa la yahqiruhu. Neither does he leave him helpless. Now the person needs some help sometimes. Whatever the nature of the help is, and he is able to give some help, he doesn't turn his, a blind eye to it. He doesn't turn a, his cheek the other way. 
not my business and this is not my issue. Whatever he can, to the extent he can, how much is in his capacity, he will he'll have the heart to do something. That is the heart of a Muslim. And neither will Layahtiruhu, he will never ever look down upon the next person. That what basis does anybody have to look down upon another person? That basis can only be that somebody is better than the next. Until the day of Qiyamah, nobody knows where he is. He's better than anybody or he's worse off than somebody. He'll only know the day of Qiyamah. So now before the race has been run, and before the person crosses the finishing line, he's already celebrating his win. That is the height of foolishness. Many a person came close to the finishing line and fell, dropped dead also. Didn't make it. So now the person is celebrating his win before he even, while the race is still being run. This is a very foolish person. The person in dunya already, he is beginning to make judgment. I am better than this person and I am better than that person. Allah forbid on the day of Qiyamah, when it suddenly turns out a very different picture. فَسَوْفَ إِذَنْ كَشَفَ الْغُبَارِ Since when the race is being run, there's a lot of dust. In the dust everybody is thinking great of himself. But now the person is thinking, I'm riding the best conveyance. But in the dust he doesn't know where he is, what he's riding. So the poet says when the dust settles, then you'll know you're riding a horse or a donkey. Then you'll know whether you were on something great or you were down and out. So the dust will only settle on the day of Qiyamah. While everything is happening in dunya, there's a lot of dust. Nobody knows who's where. But on the day of Qiyamah, the dust will settle. Then many a person who was taken for granted, many a person who was looked down upon, many a person who was just brushed aside because it didn't seem like he had any position in society, that he had any status. So now if he came with some request or whatever, or he said something, nobody paid any attention. That person tomorrow on the day of Qiyamah, many will be surprised to see these people on high pedestals of great excellence and very close to Allah wa ta'ala and many a person thought himself to be somebody great he is now battling to gain somebody's shafaat and intercession please intercede on my behalf, take me to Jannat also I am in great trouble now so all this comes down to the aspect that Nabi Islam says that the mu'min he doesn't look down upon anybody and then Nabi Islam pointed to his Mubarak chest he said, At-taqwa ha-huna At-taqwa ha-huna Taqwa is inside the heart Taqwa is deep inside the heart It can happen that a person, mashallah, is performing outwardly the best salah But inside the heart is devoid of any taqwa, it can happen It's not possible but That if the heart is filled with taqwa That the person will miss his salah deliberately That won't happen That taqwa will drive him to the house of Allah Ta'ala But it's possible he's in the masjid, he's in the house of Allah Ta'ala but the heart is devoid of taqwa. This is all a very nicely, very well rehearsed pretense. Because now I need to get something out of somebody. I need to impress someone. So all that can happen. The charity, mashallah, can be solely for Allah Ta'ala's pleasure. And Allah forbid it can become a means of something else. It can be just to earn some kind of name and fame. So now externally that amal is there. But in reality it's zero. In fact, it's a burden. So what's going to change everything? To the extent of that taqwa in the heart. So now in many, many ayat of the Qur'an Sharif, Allah Ta'ala gives this importance of this taqwa. 
And everything that we desire is also in this taqwa. Allah Ta'ala has placed it in taqwa. Morning till evening, every person's greatest concern is risk. So Allah Ta'ala says, become my friends. A friend, a friend always keeps his friend. So this ittaqullah is the invitation to become the friends of Allah Ta'ala. So when a person, his friend, his friend, he always wants to invite him. He sees his friend in any difficulty, he wants to help him. Allah Ta'ala is saying, become my friends. Allah Ta'ala will grant him a way out of every problem. And Allah Ta'ala will grant him risk from sources that he cannot imagine. Now this is in becoming the friend of Allah Ta'ala. Now repeatedly this taqwa will keep being mentioned, but what is the essence of this taqwa? That's very important to understand at the outset. So as mentioned just now, mashallah sometimes the external amal are all in place and not just the faraiz only, more than the faraiz, even the nawafil mashallah, a lot of nawafil are being performed, alhamdulillah, summa alhamdulillah. And many other good deeds, service to deen mashallah, whatever other righteousness, but if taqwa is missing, then there's a major problem. Everything will come to zero. Taqwa, the essence of taqwa is to refrain from the disobedience of Allah Ta'ala. Not to displease Allah Ta'ala. Not to break the commands of Allah Ta'ala. Not to commit sin. So now all these great bounties that Allah Ta'ala is promising on taqwa, so it's obvious that taqwa it means that the person, mashallah, who is being obedient to Allah Ta'ala, who is fulfilling Allah Ta'ala's commands, who is wanting to become closer to Allah Ta'ala, becoming the friend of Allah Ta'ala. So now the more he gets closer to Allah Ta'ala, all these things become his reward for it, in dunya already. And then the opposite also applies. That to the extent that the person now does the opposite, he gets involved in the disobedience of Allah Ta'ala, blatantly breaking Allah Ta'ala's commands, committing sin. So now the opposite will apply also. So on the one side Allah Ta'ala is giving his promise that the one who becomes his friend, Allah Ta'ala will grant him a solution from every difficulty and problem. Allah Ta'ala will grant him risk from sources that he cannot imagine. Allah forbid, that a person now starts getting involved in sin, then the opposite happens. The opposite happens, Nabi Islam explains this in the Hadith Sharif. That a person becomes deprived of rizq due to sins that he incurred. On the one side he became the friend of Allah Ta'ala, Allah Ta'ala is promising rizq from sources he cannot imagine. Allah Ta'ala is saying, I am not bound by any lockdown, in giving anybody risk. My khazana and treasures of risk don't get affected by any virus. My risk is not dependent on anybody's effort. The risk that I give is not based on anybody's intelligence and how smart somebody is. Allah saying, my risk is based on you becoming my friend. And on the other side, that on the one side the person due to sins becomes deprived of risk. 
and just as due to taqwa Allah Ta'ala grants him a solution out of everything due to the opposite of taqwa due to getting involved in sin things become difficult, become straightened life becomes narrowed وَمَنْ أَعْرَضَ عَنْ ذِكْرِي فَإِنَّ لَهُ مَعِيشَةً ضَنْكَ Allah Ta'ala says the one who turns his back onto my remembrance in other words now he's forgetting Allah Ta'ala he's not remembering Allah is watching He's not remembering that Allah Ta'ala knows. He's not remembering that Allah Ta'ala will take me to task if I just get, do anything and everything as I desire. And forgets all this and gets headlong in Allah Ta'ala's disobedience. وَمَنْ أَعْرَضَ عَنْ ذِكْرِي فَإِنَّ لَهُ مَعِيشَةً ضَنْكَ He'll have a very straightened and narrowed life. Narrowed life, straightened life. He's staying in the widest of, of places, at the most spacious of places. What is a narrowed life? So that narrowed life is that within himself there is no happiness of any sort. Within himself everything outside has lost his taste. Everything outside cannot give him any satisfaction. Because something has been lost inside. When something is lost inside then the outside things then don't make any difference. A person who is plunged in grief, Allah Ta'ala protect us and save us, something suddenly somebody got some very very tragic news and now he's plunged in grief and at that time where he was he had just landed in the dream destination of his dream holiday and everything was just set as he wanted it and now this tragic news came now what happens to everything so it's in, everything inside the heart first so Allah Ta'ala is saying you become my friend Allah Ta'ala says I will give you a solution out of every problem I'll grant you risk from sources you cannot imagine. And on the other side, you'll find this difficult life. That the one who becomes the friend of Allah Ta'ala, adopts taqwa, Allah Ta'ala will grant him ease in every matter. So now if this is the effect of taqwa, this is the effect of becoming the friend of Allah Ta'ala, then the effect of the disobedience of Allah Ta'ala is the opposite. Everything becomes difficult. Day-to-day things in day-to-day life, small, trivial, minor things also. Everything just becomes a difficulty. Everything as straightforward as it is, it becomes complicated. And a person just gets out of one issue and then the next. And barely gets out of the second and the third. And the issues just don't seem to finish. Now this is where sometimes a very big confusion comes. That's Many pious people, let alone pious people, the height of piety, the Amyari Musalam, and the peak of all piety and goodness, Sayyidina Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, what kind of challenges they went through. So that is not what is the issue that externally a person will sometimes be in some challenges. Dunya, this is dunya. In fact, Nabi Sasu spelt it out, Ashadun Nasi Bala'an al Ambiya, Summal Amsal Fal Amsal. The people who are tested most are the Ambiyari But what's the difference? When a person is writing an examination and while writing that examination, the test, and he's mashallah answering all the questions, going through it. Now he's sitting there, he's perspiring also because he's hot and he's feeling hungry as well because of a lengthy exam and he's perspiring and hungry and everything. But mashallah, that paper is just going, flowing smoothly and he's answering all the questions. Then he can see the 100% coming. He can see the distinction already. 
through all that he is getting thrilled every time he is writing the next answer. That joy in his heart is growing, he is oblivious of that perspiration that is flowing down his, uh, down his head and body. He is oblivious of that hunger in his stomach. He is oblivious of that whatever anxieties and whatever else he had. Because as he is going along he can see this distinction coming. And that is giving him that thrill and joy in his heart. And the other person, they told him, no, no test for you. You sit in the air-conditioned room and you have all this food and all that because you already failed. So there's no point in you writing the exam already. And he's going to sit there with that mashallah, seven-course meal around him, all the scenery and whatever else. What he's going to enjoy? They just gave him the news, you already failed. The continuous assessments, no point in you writing exam, you already failed. So you enjoy it, don't worry. He said, what am I going to enjoy? Now I'm going to go home and tell them I failed. What am I going to enjoy in all this? Now this is the difference that those who are connected to Allah wa ta'ala, they also have challenges in life. But in the challenges they keep getting closer to Allah ta'ala. Because every time there's a challenge, they connect themselves even more to Allah ta'ala. As a result, Allah ta'ala fills their hearts with that connection, with that joy, with that serenity, with that peace, with that tranquility. All the external things become trivial for them. Those challenges are there, but it's something that's now faded in the background. And the person who is far away from Allah Ta'ala, that challenge comes directly in his face. It hits him between the eyes. And it puts his whole life upside down. His whole peace is gone. His whole heart is in turmoil. His whole tranquility and serenity, everything is history. Why? Because the heart is not connected to Allah Ta'ala. So now the heart takes that full, completely absorbs that. And gets completely overcome by it. And the heart that is connected to Allah Ta'ala, that heart becomes as the Hazrat used to call it, gum proof. See that if the Japanese and the Suds, the Suds could make a watch that can become waterproof in so many hundred meters under, in, in deep waters, no moisture will also enter that watch. Then cannot Allah Ta'ala make a heart that becomes gum proof, that deep in all kinds of challenges also, Nothing affects the inner recesses of that heart. And that heart is still tranquil. That heart is still at peace with Allah Ta'ala. So all this, Allah Ta'ala has placed it in taqwa. That peace of life, that serenity, that tranquility, that itminan. Allah bi zikrillahi tatma'innul qulub. In the zikr of Allah Ta'ala. And the essence of the zikr is the obedience of Allah Ta'ala. In this obedience of Allah Ta'ala lies that peace of the heart. That itminan qalb. When that has been achieved, the person doesn't require artificial entertainment. He doesn't require things externally to keep appeasing himself. His enjoyment and his jannat is within him. His jannat is inside his heart. Obviously, the jannat that's coming in akhirat that is still awaiting him, but there's a kind of jannat that Allah blesses him within himself. So now all this comes down to the aspect of taqwa. The aspect of izzat and honor in dunya, Allah Ta'ala has placed it in taqwa. Allah Ta'ala has placed him becoming beloved to people around him in taqwa. Ladina amanu amir salihati sayyid alulahumur rahmanu wudda. Due to his iman and amal saliha. Amal saliha, refraining from sin, he is tempted towards some haram, there is some opportunity to commit sin. And he refrained from it. That is one of the greatest amal-e-salihah. 
So now he has this amal salihah in his life. Allah Ta'ala says Allah will grant him mahboobiyat. Now his family loves him. Now all the fights and quarrels went away. His children have that regard for him. His colleagues at work, they look at him differently. And they have that honor and respect for him. And people in general, they feel comfortable with him. We all this came from, from the same taqwa. So if all this is going to come from taqwa, take the taqwa out of the equation, then now everybody is at loggerheads with him. Anywhere and everywhere there is a problem. At every step there is an issue. All this Allah Ta'ala has kept in this taqwa. Now this taqwa, the essence of this taqwa as mentioned, is to refrain from sin. Refrain from the disobedience of Allah Ta'ala. To the extent that a person refrains from sin, to that extent all these various bounties and ni'mas of Allah Ta'ala will be with him. Now just very briefly, just a few of the harms of these sins. The greatest harm is already clear in front of us, that the sin becomes a barrier between a person and his Rabb. What can be a greater harm than this, that a person becomes distant from Allah Taala? So in any case, the Mushayikh have stated many, many harms of sins. So just to touch on a few of them only, which inshallah by remembering these few things, this becomes a means of us, inshallah, becoming more conscious that we should be far away from all these wrongs and vices and sins because all these become a means of so much of harm, so much of deprivation. So one of the harms of sin, as we already discussed, it makes a person mahroom of rizq. Now this becomes the biggest concern of insan, anyone and everyone. Whereas, this is not the worst harm of sin, but nevertheless a very serious harm, that it makes a person mahroom of rizq. Like we understood from the Hadith Sharif, Nabi Islam says a person gets deprived of rizq due to the sin he has committed. Then it becomes a means of becoming mahroom of ilm. Because sins are darkness and ilm is a noor in the heart. So now when the sin comes in, then it extinguishes that light and it overcomes that heart. And now in that darkness, that light doesn't enter. Because that light Light and darkness won't gather in the same place. Then together with that, this sins create a wahshad, a kind of estranged situation between the person and Allah Ta'ala. It creates a feeling of a person being totally alone. He doesn't have any support. There is this distance between him and Allah Ta'ala. Now that distance, that distance that gets created, now that the heart is requiring that nearness. There's a place in the heart cannot be filled with anything else but that closeness. Now that closeness is not there. There's a distance. And now when the heart is not getting what it wants, so now it's like the stomach doesn't get the food it wants. So now it starts aching, there's pangs of hunger. And then the stomach starts twisting. So likewise the heart doesn't get what it needs. It needs that, that's its need. So now a person starts cramming one after the other into it. Something or the other to try and fill that space. Now he's trying to fill this entertainment and that entertainment. And this doesn't give him that peace and that doesn't give it. Then he's watching something and he's watching something else. And then he gets into the 
some watching some serials. So once upon a time there were serial killers that were prowling the streets. So now the serial killers are on the screens. That now Shaitan in his tentacles has grabbed the person, kept him hanging now, and just kills everything. Kills all the jazba of Zain. Because now his mind is completely absorbed in that, his heart is stuck in it. So now he becomes the victim of the serial killer. So now this Vahshat, so now he's trying to fill it with something or the other, but nothing can ever fill it. The stomach needs food, try to fill it by eating uh, some gold, some diamond, some silver. See, this is so valuable. That food, that tenran bread, what can that compare to this gold? He's eating the gold, he's eating the diamonds. That can't give the stomach any satisfaction. He'll have to put food in the stomach. Till he doesn't give the heart what its need is, the heart can never be satisfied. The heart needs a connection with Allah Ta'ala. Now as a result of sin, as a result of haram, as a result of haram actions, haram words, haram thoughts, deliberately being engaged in, one is the just the passing thought that shaitan whispered but he let it go, didn't bother about it but now he is engrossing deliberately, engrossing his heart in haram haram earnings haram of any sort all this now creates a distance and now that heart is restless now he is trying to fill it up with something or the other he can fill it up with the whole world but he can't fill it up it won't help he'll have to fill it with what it needs it needs that closeness to Allah when that closeness has been achieved, the heart will be satisfied. That is Allah bi zikrillahi tatma'innul qulub. Then together with this, sins become a means of deprivation from righteous actions. Because every sin has taken up the place of some good that could have happened in that time. And the person is caught up looking at something haram on the phone. Many a person who got caught up involved in the phone, whatever whether it was something totally haram, whether it was futile. Many a such a person previously in that time was making tilawat of the Qur'an Sharif. In that time he was making some zikr tasbihat. If not that, in that time he was giving some time to his family to make them happy. And that too is an ibadat. Idkhalu sururi fi qalbil mu'min. Bringing happiness to the heart of a mu'min. So if he was not making any tilawat at that time, he was not making any tasbihat, this too was an ibadat. So he was giving his family some time. He was giving his children time. Now, this has taken that away. This has deprived him of all these amal saliha. And many a person who, mashallah, was making so much of tilawat and so much of zikr and so much of so many other good actions, everything went away. Where it all went away, it went away to social media. It went away to other things. It went away to haram things. That haram took away the good. And every further haram comes, to the greater extent it moves out good from his life. Now what a terrible repercussion of that sin that it kept good away from him. If there was no other punishment for that sin, this too was a worse, bad enough thing. That that sin became a means of getting deprived of good actions. So now there's no tilawat anymore, there's no tasbihat, and let alone tilawat and tasbihat, now till late in the night he's caught up on whatever he's caught up, so there's no fajr salah also. And the fajr is becoming qaza. 
And Nabi Salaam says, one salah a person misses in his time. One salah. One fatatu salatun. The harm of it is worse than alike having lost all his family and wealth in one go. Now that became the means of deprivation of the faraiz also. So now when the sin came in, the good went out. Then, sins beget sins. That one sin leads to another sin. Shaitan, Shaitan is a very crafty fellow, very cunning, very shrewd. Shaitan was a very, very knowledgeable person. Before he became Iblis, he was Mu'allimul Malaika. He was on such a pedestal, he was a teacher of the Malaika. So he had a very deep knowledge into many things. He had ilm also. And he had a lot of amal as well. Because he was making a lot of ibadat. But he didn't have ishq and the ma'rifat of Allah Ta'ala. So when Allah Ta'ala gave him the command that ma'rifat was missing, and he started arguing with Allah Ta'ala, Ana khayrun min, why are you giving me this command? That ma'rifat wasn't there, Allah is my creator, Allah Ta'ala is the supreme, and Allah Ta'ala's command is supreme, where must I, where, where is my place to come and argue with Allah Ta'ala's command? That became the means of him getting totally cast into the curse of Allah Ta'ala forever. So he didn't have this ma'rifat, this ayn of ma'rifat. The ayn of ilm was there, the ayn of amal was there, but the ayn of ma'rifat wasn't there. But he had this knowledge also. So shaitan also has this very deep understanding of how to do the wrong as well. So he doesn't drop a person one time into something very deep. Shaitan takes him into things via, through stages, <coughs> gradually. Overnight, he won't take a person to look at pornography if he didn't do it before. He'll first take him into news. And then from news, then some pictures will come in the news. Then more pictures will come. And then some links will come. And then he'll say, no, this link is not in order. But then the link will come again. And then in means of one link, no, this link seems fine. But now in the process, Shaitan is linking up somewhere. All the links of the chain are linking up. One step at a time. So now when he got one step lower, he became comfortable with that. So that became easy now to take the next step. And when he took the next step down, so he after a while became little comfortable with that. That is the other harm of sins. That the severity of that sin starts dying out in the heart. First time round the person fell into something, his, he was extremely shocked about it himself, he was disgusted about it himself, he was very grieved and he was in tears and he started really getting worried and concerned and then he took a chance again but but the second time he took a chance and fell into it the degree of that remorse fell and then now he decided well okay one more time but that one more time this time he hardly felt anything now this is the effect of sin that he starts killing that sensitivity towards sin like a person sometimes, he is very sensitive. So now, just a slight, some pin also touches him, it's too much for him. But then now the gangrene set in. Allah forbid when the gangrene set in, he cut his whole toe off too, he didn't feel nothing. Because it was already killed off all the senses. So sin also desensitizes a person. Each time that a sin has been committed, and then he didn't make sincere tawbah, and come back to Allah wa ta'ala, 
and make amends in various ways making Salatul Tawbah crying and begging Allah Ta'ala's forgiveness making one paratilawat at least a few hundred times istighfar giving some sadaqah and doing whatever he could to get that effects of that sin out bring the sensitivity back he doesn't do that that some senses have died the next time round some more and then eventually he becomes desensitized now once upon a time he himself was disgusted now what he's saying he said why must I worry about anybody if somebody wants to say something they must say what they want to say that Haya died also all the shame also went away once upon a time he was disgusted himself now he say if somebody sees me so what all the shame is gone now he's doing what he once upon a time was hiding and doing now he's doing blatantly this is the effect of that sin so now we are saying that sin begets sin is the call of the mashayikh that inna min iqabi sayyati as sayyata mithluha that among the punishments of sin now sometimes a person committed some sin and but he went through some lot of obstacles on the way to get to that point the next time round suddenly he found that half the obstacles were not even there this time so he thought hey this time things really worked out for me it didn't work out that is a silent punishment that one sin the punishment of it is another sin that now the door of sin got opened out to him but then this is shaitan's way of taking a person step for step when it will finally all blow up when now the person is deep down into everything now it blows up into his face because now he's been persisting and blatantly going into it and not concerned about coming back to Allah Ta'ala and forgetting Allah Ta'ala eventually it's going to blow up Allah Ta'ala protect us unless the person has made sincere tawbah come back to Allah Ta'ala and that is the other harm of sin that as a person continues to persist into sin then even the thought of tawbah starts dying off the first time round he ran towards Toba. The second time round he delayed it till, well, okay, tomorrow. And then the third time round he said, well, Ramzan is coming now after Ramzan. Or when Ramzan comes. And Allah forbid the next time round he won't even think about Ramadan also. Then the Mashaikh says sometimes this can become so serious and so bad, he'll feel his ruh leaving him. He'll feel his life coming out, half his body is already dead, but the thought of Toba won't come. That he'll feel I'm getting lifeless now. My ruh is leaving. But the thought of Tawbah too won't come. Allah Ta'ala becomes a case, a barrier between a person and his heart. That now the thought of Tawbah is gone. So this is the severity of the sins that Shaitan puts in front of us. He beautifies it, makes it look very, very appealing, very tempting makes it look very appetizing and makes it look like this is where all the fun is and this is where all the excitement is but all that fun and excitement that appears from outside all that thrill and all the uh, whatever else goes with it it's all just a deception it's just a deception but beyond that beyond that line then a person is into the deep fire and then it's the problem and the difficulties so the thing that Allah Ta'ala has already warned us about don't get close to the sins. And repeatedly Allah Ta'ala is giving us this. Ittaqullah. Become the friends of Allah Ta'ala. Become the friends of Allah Ta'ala. Everything you are wanting for in dunya, 
and akhirat is all found in this. But where is this going to be found? What is the prescription? So in one ayat of the Quran, Sharif Allah gives that prescription also. That everything is based in the taqwa. The taqwa is the prescription of acquiring it. Ya sadiqin. Be with the sadiqin. Be with the righteous. Be with the with those who have acquired this connection with Allah Taala. Those who have this friendship with Allah Taala. Being in the company of the friends of Allah Taala, inshallah, we too will acquire something. Allah Taala, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi That everything there's a mine. Where it's mined from? Gold cannot be found in a coal mine. And coal won't be found in a gold mine. Everything has its mine. The mine of taqwa is the qulubul arifin. The hearts of the true lovers of Allah Tabaraka wa ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala has kept them every zamana, every era. Allah Ta'ala's command is to seek the servants of Allah Ta'ala who are connected to Him. It's impossible that there won't be the servants of Allah Ta'ala around us somewhere. But if we don't want to look, people are around us in our own masjids, we won't find them. But if you want to find them, then we'll find them. We have to seek those who have this connection with Allah Tabaraka wa Ta'ala and form this taluk with them, be in their company. We then learn from them, not just confine ourselves to just some external aspects only. That is essential. But learn to put the heart in order. Learn to connect the heart with Allah Tabaraka wa Ta'ala. Learn to acquire this taqwa. Learn to become the friends of Allah Ta'ala from them. Then even our internal side, our hearts, and our external selves, everything will be in order, and this will become a means of getting connected to Allah wa Ta'ala. Our dunya will get made, and more than anything else, our akhirat will get made. Allah wa Ta'ala give us the tawfiq. Wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillahi rabbil وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا يا ربي صل وسلم دائما ابدا على حبيبك خير الخلق كلهم جز الله عنا نبينا محمدا صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو اهل لا اله الا الله لا اله الا الله لا اله الا الله لا إله إلا 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 الله 
ஒன்றும் <laughs> ஒன்றுமாத்திரமத்திக்ஹ ரஹ்மீன்ஹ்மீன்ஹ்மீன்ஹ்மீன்ஹ்மீன்ஹ்மீன்ஹ்மீன்ஹ்மீன்ஹ்மீன்ஹ்மீன்ஹ்மீன்
save us from the traps of nafs and shaitan ya allah ilahu alamin nafs and shaitan are trying their utmost to destroy us ya allah ilahu alamin you protect us ya allah you guide us ya allah ilahu alamin ya allah all those who have passed away make the complete maghfirat ya allah ilahu alamin ya allah fill their qabrs with noor ya allah raise their stages in the akhirat ya allah ilahu alamin at the time of our death ya allah keep us steadfast on iman ya allah take us with iman kamil ya allah take us on tawbah and nasuh ya allah allah make our qabrs gardens of jannah fa ya allah grant us the shafaat of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam allah give us jannatul firdaus without any reckoning ya allah ilahu alamin ya allah all those who ask us to make dua for them all those who have raised their hands to this dua allah you know each one's needs ya allah fulfill each one's jaiz needs from the ghayb ya allah fulfill each one's pious aspirations ya allah remove each one's ya allah difficulties and hardships ya allah grant halal and tayyib rizq to one and all ya allah grant barakat in each one's rizq ya allah ya allah remove all the difficulties and hardships ya allah ilahu alamin ya allah all the khair that rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam begged for allah we also begging for it ya allah whatever nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam sought refuge from allah grant us refuge as well ya allah allahumma inna nas'aluka min khairi ma sa'alaka minhu nabiyyuka wa habibuka sayyiduna muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam wa na'udhu bika min sharri ma sta'adaka minhu nabiyyuka wa habibuka sayyiduna muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam anta almusta'an wa 'alayka albalagh ولا حول ولا قوه الا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد واله وصحبه اجمعين والحمد لله